Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for our Saturday conversation. Bobby Burton here alongside Paul Wadlington. Uh, Paul, each and every Saturday, we try to talk a little Longhorn football, get people juiced up, ready uh, for the day that will be. Uh, big weekend of football uh, coming up, uh, not just in Austin, but across the country. There are a lot of good games coming up, guys. I mean, just really, really good ones. Uh, obviously, Texas plays uh, at 11 o'clock this morning against Kansas State on Fox. It's the big noon kickoff game. Uh, we're going to go over that game as well as talk about a number of out-of-conference games that we see. A&M goes to uh, Ole Miss, Missouri, Georgia. LSU Bama is primetime tonight. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. And then we have the rest of the Big 12 as well that we want to talk about. Let's start, though, with Kansas State, uh, Texas. Your final thoughts on that game before uh, they kick off here in a couple hours. Take care of the ball. Be patient running the football and place a premium on some good little throws that Malik Murphy likes and can take advantage of to convert third downs and keep the chains moving so you can keep trying to run the ball and keep trying to pound the rock. Because I think it's like that big rock you're hitting with a hammer. You don't see like it's doing anything at all. And then if you keep doing it, all of a sudden you see a crack. And then you get fired up and you start going at it and that, that whole thing splits. So How you do don't you know what's going to do it, but you got to keep hacking at it. You pick in Texas or Kansas State in this game, Paul? I think it's I think it's coin flip. I think it's completely dependent on Texas's ability to minimize turnovers. And then on defense, Texas needs to be assignment sound, particularly on the second and third levels, safety and linebacker. You, you can't follow the eye candy. You can't just fire and, and ignore your assignments. Texas has to be very disciplined. If they do that, they're going to put themselves in a position to win the game, uh, possibly comfortably. But if they don't do that, you know, Texas will lose. They'll lose that game. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I, I truly believe that. Uh, all right. Uh, other games around the country uh, that, that are garnering some attention before we go into the uh, Big 12 deep dive. Uh, A&M headed to Ole Miss. They'll kick off on ESPN. Same times as Texas, Kansas State. Uh, the Aggies floundering, Lane Kiffin poking fun at them. Uh, it wouldn't be Lane Kiffin if he didn't do that. Uh, your thoughts on this game? I think the, I think the Aggies, if they can score 25, 30 points, they're going to win. But their offense has been inconsistent. And, you know, Ole Miss's defense has been good enough this year. Your thoughts? I got to say, has there ever been, I, I don't, I'm speaking for myself, but has, has there ever been a guy you've turned around more on than Lane Kiffin? <laughs> I mean, not, I didn't really like him. And, and now that I kind of see him just coming out of his shell and doing his thing, uh, I think he's hilarious. I, I love, I think he's great for college football and uh, his, his Twitter feed is, is good entertainment. And the shots that he's taking at A&M and Jimbo are just hilarious. He absolutely hates Jimbo. Uh, He's not alone in that amongst the coaching profession. But, uh, yeah, I look, I think A&M is the more talented team top to bottom. No doubt. But, but I don't think that's mattered much, has it? And, and I think Kiffin is going to have some stuff schemed up to attack that Aggie secondary. They, they have not been well coordinated on the back end. And I think Ole Miss is going to try to confuse those guys and see if they can j get Jackson Dart on some kill shots. And then – uh, that'll give them the opportunity to loosen things up a little bit and maybe be able to run the ball with Quinshawn Judkins against that really good AM front. Well, what's interesting is uh, he he did it last year in College Station. 
Uh, DJ Durkin, the, the Aggies defensive coordinator, used to be his defense his defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. And so I think there's some some uh, legacy uh, value there that that uh, Lane Kiffin knows his defensive coordinator of the Aggies fairly well, and he's he's made him pay. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Missouri at Georgia, I wouldn't have picked this one in the preseason to have so much influence on the outcome of that conference. But you know, Missouri gets lucky and wins this game. All of a sudden, the big all of a sudden the SEC looks really convoluted. But I don't think we expect that to happen. They're freaking 12th in the country, Bobby. And yeah. they're a pick six against LSU away from being undefeated and, and, and you know, and talked about in the playoffs. So that's pretty amazing. Georgia, very impressive win over Florida. Uh, they continue to throw the ball really well. They've gotten some receivers healthy. As they lost Brock Bowers, they've gotten back some receivers. And you can tell the difference. They are, they are a elite passing attack when they want to throw the ball. And I think that's going to be interesting. Missouri Brady Cook, I I did not see that coming. I didn't have Brady Cook as one of the best S, you know best quarterbacks in the SEC on my bingo card, but he is. Uh, I think it's going to be a terrific game. Ultimately, I hate to be that guy, but Georgia just has more dudes. And I, I think that I think Eli Drinkwood's done a good job of getting Brady Cook into situations where he can throw the ball around. I don't know if they can pass protect enough to keep Brady Cook upright on Saturday. Uh, you know, we'll say about Georgia, they 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 don't put a ton of pressure on the quarterback, you know, particularly um the last couple of years. Now last year was different because they just had freaks, but uh they're a coverage team. They're coverage over pass rush and and they will play a light box purposely to invite you to run and try to stop it with better athletes. And then they just basically will say, we're going to take away your passing game. So I think that's what they're going to do to frustrate Missouri. I think they're going to play coverage. And I think they're going to turn over Brady Cook and, and you know, get some incompletions and maybe just stop some of the rhythm of that passing game. But you may be right. They might heat them up too and, and bring it since they're at home and they've got the crowd and all that kind of stuff. Be interesting. Uh, all right. 630. That game's on CBS. The 645 game, it's a rare night game on CBS. LSU goes to Bama. This could decide the SEC West without question, right? Uh, because LSU is on a roll offensively, not showing much of a spine on defense, whereas Bama, yes, they're still weak on offense, relatively speaking, but they're showing a lot of spine across the board, in my opinion. Yeah, so this is an interesting talk about styles make fights. What Bama is capable of on offense is explosives, particularly in the passing game. Jalen Milrow throws a nice deep ball, and they've got enough speed at receiver to make you pay. LSU does not have cornerbacks. I've never seen an LSU team with this poor defensive backfield. They are awful. And they also just lost Wingo, their best defensive lineman. That's going to play a role, not just in the game outcome, but the over. The, that, I think the over-under is set in the like, low, like 60, 61 or something. I think this, thing's, this game's going to be played in the 30s. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be highly entertaining. From a Texas perspective, we want a Bama win. And uh, we, we don't want to diminish the value of a win on the road in Tuscaloosa, right? Uh, LSU, Nick Saban said it himself, the GOAT, right? At this point in the rule structure of college football and the development of offenses, elite offense trumps elite defense. You know, Saban said that himself. And, and that's responsible for some of the changes in direction that Bama has, has, has undergone. 
I I think Bama has a good defense. I think LSU is still going to light them up. Uh, I, those receivers are unbelievable. Uh, Jaden Daniels, talk about a guy who went to the next level as a passer, particularly the deep ball. Just unreal. And, and their offensive line is good enough. And then on the other side, LSU's defense just isn't good. And I think Bama's going to – I think they're going to be inconsistent, but I think they're going to hit multiple big 50, 60-yard gains. This is going to be a highly entertaining game to watch. Got it. Uh, I think I think Bama in this one. For some reason, I just think Bama's got a little something extra to them this year. After, after losing to Texas at home, they've kind of found their way. Um, Washington goes to USC, uh, 6.30 ABC game. Uh, that most people will see Michael Penix. If this is the game, this is the game, whether we decide Michael Penix is a true Heisman candidate or not, in my opinion, you agree with that? Yeah. You know, unfortunately he's been injured. Yep. And Washington's been playing really poorly, not just offensively, but defensively. They've had several injuries in their secondary and they're not a deep team. You know, their starters on defense aren't bad. They're, they're adequate for what they're trying to do, you know, play with the lead and, and do their thing. But boy, their next man up, there's a drop-off. And so that that actually gives USC life somehow, this corpse of a USC program in terms of effort, coaching, just trying. I mean, what a what an embarrassing performance that USC's had the last few weeks. Uh, I, I, I favor Washington if they can get Penix healthy and get some of those DBs back. I mean, if, if they get enough healthy guys, I think they're going to blow out USC in the Coliseum. If they don't, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a massive shootout. Last team that's got the ball is gonna win, uh, probably. I'm, I'm assuming USC tries. I, I don't even know, I don't know if we can assume that that's gonna happen. Got it. I I look. Something tells me that Caleb Williams and that I I don't know what it is, but I think they're gonna be a burr in the side of Washington uh, today. I, I just I just get that feeling. Uh, they USC has had a bunch of games that have been tight. And they've outscored teams or lost scoring runs. I, I think I think USC's due for a win uh, for some reason. Not sure why. Lincoln Riley's a little bit better coach on offense than people give him credit for right now. They're still scoring a lot of points on offense, and that with if you're facing an injured quarterback, that that's a different difficult task to overcome. All right, that's those are the national games. Before we go to the uh, Big 12 games, including one, not only the Texas, but OU, Oklahoma State, and Bedlam, which I think is going to be intriguing because it's the other game that has the two one-loss teams in the conference or two of the one-loss teams in the conference uh, standings. I want you to mention our sponsor, Gabe Winslow, our friend uh, at Mortgages by Gabe. Yep, here's a true local, a Texas local. But his, his name is worldwide, Bobby. Uh, his name's Gabe Winslow. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Hey, if you're looking for a mortgage, if you're looking to even sometime maybe later this summer or something, you think you're going to be looking for a house, now's actually the time to get on it. Get pre-qualified. Talk to Gabe. And if you're someone, there's a lot of folks out there who are entrepreneurs, Bobby, like you and I, who have irregular income. And if you try to buy a house, even though you're successful and you have great credit, you make great money, You'll be amazed at how few lenders can make things happen for you to your benefit. Uh, Gabe is a problem solver. And so whether you're someone whose qualification is right down the middle or you might have some other stuff going on, this is a guy you can pick up the phone, you can work with. He's going to make it happen for you. Over 20 years in the industry, law degree. He's been on the title side. Uh, in fact, has owned a title company. 
really sharp guy who understands every aspect of this. Give him a call. Find out why so many people have raved about him. 832-557-1095. Got it. Uh, also, uh, Paul, I'm just thinking about this and trying to work through it in my head. Uh, Texas and K-State both one loss. Iowa State still one loss in the conference. Then you have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, the teams that we're going to talk about now with one loss in conference. Um, Sooners go to Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy is pissed off that Bedlam is ending, and he blames OU for it. But he can't beat the Sooners to save his neck and hasn't been able to historically. What do you think about this weekend? 2.30 game on ABC. I love this game. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors that point to Oklahoma State here in terms of matchups and in terms of certainly the home atmosphere should be amazing. That said, I've said that before in previous Bedlam series. Uh, me too. I mean, same. And I've watched – now, look, let's be clear. Most of the time, Oklahoma State's had the inferior football team, so it's no great surprise. You flash up Gundy's record against OU and people make a big deal out of it. Most of the time, their team's been inferior. But I've seen a couple of OSU teams that are on the same level as OU, or at least in the neighborhood, and it's 21-0 Oklahoma after the first quarter. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 Central on ABC and stream on Hulu. And OSU, this is their opportunity. I mean, good Lord, watch how OU performed against UCF and against Kansas. You can't tell me that Oklahoma State is a step down from those teams, uh, particularly how they've been playing with Ollie Gordon. Unbelievable. This guy's gone over 250 two weeks in a row. He's also devastating in the passing game, the screen game. Unbelievable player. And Alan Bowman has been okay. He's He's been getting it done for them. So Poke fans may not want to hear that the play of Alan Bowman is going to be crucial to this outcome, but Alan Bowman needs to make enough throws and convert enough third downs that they can keep handing the ball to Ollie Gordon. Because if they do that against this Sooner defense, eventually Gordon is going to drop a 60-yarder on him. He's going to drop a dagger. And then once that momentum gets going, they're going to be able to control the ball and prevent OU from exploiting a, a, you know, a fairly vulnerable Cowboy defense. This is, this is my take on this game. Uh, OU has played with fire three weeks in a row. Texas, they beat at the end of the game. Central Florida, they beat at the end of the game. And then they got burned by Kansas at the end of the game. I, I think they, they're in line to, you know, you win as many of those as you lose. They're they're in line to lose another one. I'm I would go to I'm going with the Cowboys in that one. Uh and I I'm just feel go like the Cowboys as well. A little yeah, regret. And I think I, I think it's I think it's Mike Gundy's final, you know, middle finger to the folks in Norman. Uh, really. And because he was so mad. I, I can't tell you how mad he was, Paul at the Big 12 media days about that game no longer being a, a reality. Uh, he was he truly took it personally. And I don't see him take many things since his whole I am 40 speech um, that personally. He just He's one of those guys that, that lets a lot of things slip off his back. Um, all right, next, next piece. Um, 
We have two two other uh, two thirty games in the Big Twelve. UH plays Baylor. University of Houston plays Baylor. Central Florida plays Cincinnati. Okay, neither of those games are particularly particularly interesting to me at all. I mean, given their uh, low standing in the conference, other than Central Florida or Cincinnati, one of the two is going to get their first conference win this week. But here's here's the deal. FS1 chose Central Florida and Cincinnati over U of H and Baylor. U of H and Baylor is relegated. Baylor's relegated for the third time in a row to internet-only viewing for its constituency, okay? I don't know what that's... I mean, that's not even Jefferson Pilot. That's below Jefferson Pilot level. Those two... I mean, I I don't even know what to say. Is it ESPN Plus that they're on? Yes. That's not even real. That's what I'm saying. I mean, two weeks in a row. Three. Three. Three weeks in a row. I've been following this. And I mean, Baylor fan, I mean, I don't know what to say. This is the new look Big 12. Have at it. I'll tell you what, Aranda and Holgerson, there's some desperation in this game because I agree. Great point. It, it is the coup de gras on your confidence from anyone in the program if you lose this game. I mean, can you imagine Baylor dropping this at home to U of H? Whew. That, that's tough. I mean, look, I know Aranda's locked up to 2029, and they we don't know the nature or details of this contract since it's private, but I suspect there may not be an appetite for passing the hat. Uh, but, boy, I could only imagine with Texas leaving, with OU leaving, with this already happening, I mean – What's their revenue and the fan interest going to look like? It's just brutal. I agree. I agree. I who are you picking? U of H, Baylor, and then uh, Central Florida, Cincinnati. Oh God, uh, I'll take Central Florida against Cincinnati. I guess they're they're talented but stupid, whereas Cincinnati is not talented but still stupid. So yeah. I guess I'll go with UCF on that one. Emory Jones is good for two or three turnovers, and then. Uh, also, John Rice Plumley is also good for two or three turnovers, by the way. Uh, U of H Baylor, I I guess Baylor. I mean, they're at home. Uh, I mean, they're they're pretty evenly matched, aren't they? Who you got? I, I think I think Baylor because Aranda's defense can can stop that kind of offense. That's what's actually built to stop. Um, and so I and Blake Shapin is is good enough to to engineer the win. All right, uh, moving on from games that we don't actually think much of uh, to a game that I think actually is very intriguing at 6 o'clock on ESPN, Kansas-Iowa State in Ames, by the way, at night, which is notoriously difficult to play. Uh, I think that's that's a, a very interesting game and does have an impact on the leadership in the Big 12. Guess who's favored in this game, Bobby? I would imagine ISU. Iowa State. Yeah, at home, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, coming off the big win over OU, look at Kansas's record, all that. Um, boy, I think this game is a trap. I mean, yeah, people talk about trap games. I Kansas, I mean, coming off that huge win, you know, they're throwing goalposts in a pond and doing belly flops. It's awesome, but they have got to get up and play because Iowa State is not the same team that lost to Ohio University, and they're not even the same team that got blown out by OU. They, they are dramatically better on both sides of the ball. Now, they still have athletic limitations, but, boy, Kansas better be loaded for bear. I think this could be a fantastic game, and I think 
I think it's going to be highly entertaining. I, I think uh, Kansas is going to be able to run it a little bit. I think Iowa State's going to be able to throw it a little bit. And then I think it's kind of what the weaker aspects of each team, which one steps up. You know, can the KU defense get some stops that they need in the red zone? And can the Iowa State offense get it done while maybe their defense turns over Jason Bean if they can get him in some throwing situations? Uh, Rocco Beck, you know, young quarterback as well. So I, I love this game. I think it's going to be kind of a, a low-key, fantastic game. And it's going to go down to the wire. Good. I, I I like it. I like Iowa State in this one. Um, even though I think Kansas, if Kansas wins, Paul, there could be death. If Kansas wins this game, there's going to absolutely be a two-loss team in the Big 12 championship, in my opinion. If Kansas wins, you mark my words. Interesting. Uh, I, I I feel that because whether that's Texas slipping up, Kansas State slipping up. Because uh, Kansas and Kansas State have to play one another. OU slipping up again. I just, yeah, I would actually say, game. I'd say it's probable. I think you're yeah. right. And, and especially, and I will say this if Oklahoma wins, that's another, I mean, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State both have reasonable outs the rest of the way. Yeah. And so I think one of those is going to lose, obviously, and just like one of Texas and Kansas State. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll hey, see Bobby, how it goes. you mentioned the TV ratings. I wanted to share something with you from last week to give you a little idea of what the post-Texas OU Big 12 might look like. Yeah. All right. So this is from last week. Uh, OU and Kansas, 3.6 million, the 11 o'clock game on Fox. Not surprising. Uh, particularly because it was a very competitive game too, right? You don't get people switching off. Right. BYU at Texas, 2.4 million, 230 uh, on ABC. That was the highlights for the Big 12, Bobby. Cincinnati at, o at uh, OSU, 412,000 on ESPN2. West Virginia at UCF, 409,000 on FS1. That was their 11 a.m. game. They're sort of their, one of their feature games. Houston at Kansas State. 371,000 on ESPN2. Then as you said, ISU at Baylor was streaming. It was ESPN+. Plus. They don't report. So you could say, hey, that's not a fair comparison. Texas to know you were on major networks. Well, that, that's the point. They have a choice. They pick the teams that they want to get ratings with. However, I can give you some comps of other teams that were on FS1, ESPN2, et cetera, to give you a little context. Then I'll give you a final piece of information that might put it all in context. Michigan State, Minnesota drew 783,000. It was on the Big Ten network, Bobby. Not even on a network, right? That you have, you have to pay, you have to pay for that individually. Nebraska, Purdue drew a million on FS1. Nebraska, Purdue. ACC bottom feeder, Syracuse, Virginia Tech drew 783,000 on ESPN. So those are teams that are not necessarily at the top of their games. You compare those numbers to the Big 12 numbers. Here's the capper. So what's the comp that's a little bit more like 412K, 409K, 371K? Well, I'll tell you, Bobby. On ESPN2, UTEP played Sam Houston State. Those two teams are a combined 3 and 14. They're also G5 teams, right? They drew 332,000. Wow. So Baylor, Houston, Cincinnati, Kansas State, 
on comparable networks, they draw much closer to Sam Houston State, UTEP, than Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Nebraska, Purdue, or other perhaps teams that they would find themselves or, or argue that they are the peers of. Mm. Not, Not pretty. Good. Not pretty. Last Let's one. Say that uh, Brett Yormark wants Deion Sanders to stick around in Colorado for a while. Yeah, I think he needs you to. To be frank, um, BYU West Virginia. What do you what what? That's the last one of the Big Twelve slate. Um, West Virginia, I think, has a pulse. After watching BYU, I'm not sure they do. I like West Virginia in, in this game. Uh, yep. BYU may keep it closer just because it's a little closer at level of, of athleticism. Uh, you know, remember BYU beat Tech, you know, with their third string quarterback. That's the, the caveat on that. But yeah, I, I like West Virginia fine. I, I think they're going to become bowl eligible and, and probably save Neil Brown's job. Yep. All right. Uh, Paul, that's going to do it for today. Uh, look forward to the game this uh, in just a couple hours here. Uh, Texas taking on Kansas State. Uh, before we go, would you please say thank you one more time to our sponsor, Gabe Wynn. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate it. And we know not only because you're really good at what you do, but we also know Longhorn fans like to support folks who support Longhorn Nation. They're going to pick up the phone and give you a call if they need a mortgage. 832-557-1095. I appreciate that, Gabe. Uh, you've been terrific to, to Paul and myself, uh, and we really appreciate you. And you've also we've gotten some kind notes from people that Gabe has actually helped out as well, so that's terrific. All right, uh, Paul, any other final thoughts on this game week or this game uh, today? Uh AM, Ole Miss, LSU, Bama, anything really that you're looking forward to seeing? Maybe Dabo completely implode against Notre Dame. I, uh, I don't know how Clemson's going to score the ball against Notre Dame. But uh, yeah, you know what I'm really thinking about? The Texas Longhorns beating the Kansas State Wildcats by any means necessary, putting us in the driver's seat for the Big 12 title game. That's what I'm fired up about. Hook them. <laughs> All right, Paul, I'll see you. Take care, buddy. See you next week. Paul Wadlington, right. Bobby Burton on Texas football. And it's been our Saturday conversation.